what's happening everybody and welcome back to another episode of rapping with reef bum i'm your host keith perkelammer so today this is a real pleasure um i welcome both andrew sandler and rashid story from polo reef what's happening there guys hey what's going on everyone hi guys how are you Great to have you uh, two on the uh, on the live stream. Just a little background in case anybody doesn't know these fellas. Andrew has the famous 17,000-gallon reef tank in his house, and he is the, um, the creator of that, and he's the founder and CEO of Polo Reef. Rashid is the chief operating officer of Polo Reef, and not only handles <clears throat> all the business aspects of Polo Reef, but also much of the day-to-day operations of that big tank and the other tanks in the house i assume right uh rashid yeah and the lab and the lab lab. all right we're gonna get into all that good stuff in a uh in a couple of seconds but before we start chatting with these guys i want to thank the sponsors for the show both bulk reef supply and ecotech marine i really appreciate these companies supporting the live stream i also appreciate all you folks out there tuning in i see there's a number of you folks already uh tuning in live and we've got uh I guess we got 60 people watching right now. We've got only 18 likes, so let's get the uh, let's get the likes up there, folks, so we can uh, get more people to uh, view the stream out there. That would be awesome. As usual, questions, comments um, are always welcome. We will do our best to uh, to sift through all that stuff. I see there's a whole bunch of um, people out there. So, um, all right, guys, it's, this is uh, this is going to be uh, this is going to be a fun show because I think Andrew, the last time I had you on the live stream was about thirteen months ago, and I believe um, you know at that time you folks were kind of like in the ramp up phase for Polo Reef in terms of what it is right now, correct? Yeah, I would say it was probably born well, newly born again then. <laughs> You know, it's um, it's it's really been impressive to kind of like watch what you guys are are, are doing. You've um, relaunched or launched a uh, a brand new uh, website, PoloReef.com. You've really upped your game in terms of your social media presence. The video production's been uh, outstanding. I've been following all the videos you guys have been putting out on Instagram and on YouTube. Um, and you've added to the staff, right? I mean. I think this is a new job for you, uh, Rashid, in terms of being the uh, the CEO of um, of Polo Reef. What uh, what are you guys? Uh, what, what's going on here? What what um, it uh, can just I guess give us a little background in terms of um, why you guys are kind of ramped up your presence on uh, on Polo Reef to kind of spread the word. Well, let, let me just tell you that uh, during COVID and quarantine, uh, there was a time where it was just Yeltsin and I. Uh, but it was a fish only tank. And um, we always knew once we got corals in here, it was a different ballgame. You guys hear me okay, Keith? It looks like I'm hearing. Uh, oh, it's because this I'm on a like delay. I'm watching a delay. Yeah, yeah. No, you're good, man. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. So uh, we had to step up the coral game, which included coral care and. Um, yeah, I don't even think you had many corals in the tank 13 months ago. No, it was just it was just beginning. I have anniversary pictures that I still you know see. It was literally the beginning. And um, I'm gonna um, I'm gonna roll a video of this tank. I I yeah. uh, I ripped yeah. a video from your YouTube channel 
of this uh, amazing 17,000 gallon tank. So while you're talking there, Andrew, I'm showing I'm showing the the okay. report from I guess uh, very recently. Yeah, uh, uh, and then as we started to ramp up, it really wasn't even on purpose. On honestly, like R Rashid came to me and said. Uh, you want to make this a business? You want to go for it? But let's 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 get a lot of subscribers. Let's get our followers. Let's let's do something along the, along these lines. And um, I said, you realize, Rashid, you, you would be taking a job that 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 doesn't have has never existed before. Uh, you're gonna leave your accounting job to be the CFO of a home aquarium. <laughs> can, can you just, are you sure your wife is okay with this? We had a discussion. Yeah, yeah of course he did. A little one. So th that's sort of um, listen. I you know I still spend like eighty five to ninety percent of my day in my hedge fund, and so this thing started to get really complicated. And yeah, uh, besides the coral care, the business part, setting up meetings, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, talking to uh, philanthropists philanthropy people and um then then you know taking up that that video quality that you talked yeah. about fi finding those people you know finding people that is great photography is different than editing is different than the people that know how to shoot the blue water um and we've done a good job trying to piecemeal this together um but it was not easy, and and um, you know all this operates on, under Rashid. So, just said a little a little bit differently, right? I feel like Polo Reef is kind of similar to how that tank came together. That tank came together where Andrew thought it was just going to be some amazing fish, right? Amazing fish with some. Easy, like yellow turbinera coral. Right, right. some like, leather. Like, Guys, the, cor yeah, the corals in that tank, you know, based on the videos that I've seen, based on the video that I just uh, played, is like off the hook crazy versus 13 yeah, months ago. Yeah, that looked pretty good on my TV too right there. <laughs> <laughs> but that came, it turned, it turned into, that, that tank, I think, turned into something really amazing. Yeah, way, way, because, way beyond my, way beyond the know? plans. The original plans was to make the 2500 in my office. The real reef, yeah. The real reef. I'm showing the 2500 um, in the office. Yeah, there's a 2500 in the office that's about to about to open. So I think Polar Reef business or company, just a lot of people always ask me, what is Polar Reef? What are you guys doing? And I didn't I don't think we really knew what it was going to become. I think one of the No, we had to we had we had a direction. Right. You told me Hey, yeah. I do. I don't want to take any money from the hobby, right? And I want to give back to the hobby, whether right. it be from a philanthropic standpoint, where it's charities or, or providing education Correct. through this tank. Correct. And that's that's what it's become, and that's and that's how this is just evolving. You know, if I were to define Polar Reef in a couple of sentences, hey, uh, it's, hey it's, guys, I did lose your video feed on Skype. I don't know if you see that on your end. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's overheating. Okay. The camera's overheating. Uh oh. Sorry. Well, it's it'll, it'll come back in a second. Um, you know, you guys can you watch the video, videos in the background. So, <clears throat> you got it back or no? No. We've got some uh, Technicolor uh, bars. You want me to turn the amps? You want me to you want to, you want to put a little put it, turn the amps off in here? I'm going to cool it down in here. Open the door behind me. 
Yeah. Or the other thing we could do, Jared, is we could just do go to um, the computer cam. Yeah. Hang in there, folks. We're just uh, experiencing a little uh, technical uh, difficulties oh, on the video are. feed. Yeah, it's a little, little warm okay. here. Um, but I think they can hear me. Yeah, too, yeah, so yeah. Just keep going. To talk. So, I mean, you know, the um, as Andrew said, you know, he, he wanted to make sure that he didn't take any money from the hobby and really wanted to get back to the hobby because the family's been very philanthropic from a standpoint where there we go. They've donated back. so much. All right, perfect. They've donated so Amazing. much to an open door and turning the amps off. <laughs> uh, you know, they they've donated so much to um, a lot of foundations, especially from a hospital and uh, you know kids with uh, late stage cancer and things of that sort. But now he wanted to direct it towards the hobby. Right. Correct. Um, so. We said, okay, if we're going to provide educational videos, we're going to provide them in a way where, you know, it's good quality videos, and we're going to increase, you know, eyes on this. And the way we do it, nobody wants to watch a video that's 720p or even 1080p. People want to watch quality stuff, so that's where we're kind of. Keith, when I go back and look at my original videos two years ago. I'm so embarrassed. I didn't even know how to use a camera. Well, I remember uh, watching your YouTube channel there, uh, Andrew. You know, you you um you basically you know just kind of showed the um, the tank, which was incredible in and itself. You know, just with the fish in it, and you played some uh, pretty awesome classic uh, rock and roll tunes. I think it was like what every Friday yeah, night I you think did. People were follow people were following me for my play my music yeah. playlist. <laughs> people didn't like that. Yeah. There's some good songs that we're still yeah. continuing on. Uh, just drops. a couple of quick comments here. Blue Reef Polo is super hot, so that's uh, a little uh, poke Thank at the, uh, the 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 camera heating up there. Justin uh, Woody, the Polo Reef deserves its own 24/7 live stream. I'd love to see it in person one day. Yeah, have you, got, have you guys ever thought of? But by the way, that that that's that project in general is on the future capex on the future capex uh, potential plans at some point, and we, we and we don't know whether to go whether to go modular or go big at first or inside the tank inside the tank, tank. Ex external etc uh, etc. Et yeah. But I would I would love to get the feed into a children's hospitals and and cancer wards and stuff like that. I would give it away. That's how I would that's how I would start this. Yeah, thing. that would be incredible. I you know on, on my humble uh, 80 uh, 187 gallon uh, display tank, I've got a live webcam on it, and that goes through uh, YouTube 24/7. And it's a uh, well, now I'm getting a little technical, but it's a it's a, a an IP network camera that um, right. that uh, is from uh, Axis that. Um, does a great job. So yeah, you guys, if you need any uh, right. any um... yeah, we were we we were actually thinking about those underwater ones where it's taking underwater footage that they use in the ocean and then retrofitting them so that they don't corrode. But the maintenance, the wiring, yeah, I it, it, there's a, there's a lot of other issues that. Yeah. Uh, that is, it's not so my, easy. My web guy wants to do that in a bad way with one of my tanks, and and um, we've kind of like done a little research on it. And you're exactly right; it's a uh, it's a big challenge to try to figure that out. Um, you know, JC and I we have an interview that's coming out in a couple of weeks. We went out to Florida, yeah. and we met with Ford, um, Colin Ford, yeah. and he has a webcam in the ocean. And there's a lot of different ways of doing this. You can go really high tech, which we're trying to go with like a 6K, 8K, high, very high definition, 
or you can go with like literally putting a GoPro that's wired outside of the tank and goes into a computer, like a, a stage computer for it only. The amount of money and amount of effort you spend. That's correct. You get, you get, but you the algae is always the issue. That's that's yeah, your problem. Yeah, leaving a system in the tank and the maintenance of camera. Yeah. Um, and 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 is it really corroding? Is it doing something to your water? Like hiding cables, all that. Yeah. Yeah, Justin Woody, go big. Um, Mike H, uh, Rats Reef. Two words: mini drone. <laughs> Yeah. But uh, listen, I think I it probably would be easier than yeah, these cameras. Yeah, there you go, right on the outside of the tank. But it it uh, you know the whole thing makes total sense in terms of what you guys are doing to try to bring a lot more visibility um, to what is going on in that house to the rest of the world because it's just simply amazing. And um, I'm kicking myself for not being able to make it this past fall to see it in person. And I hope um, if the if the invite is still out there to uh, to make it again, um, try to try another attempt in uh, in in May. Or uh, or June, if you guys are uh, up to it, but I mean, my my employee count is has exploded. Uh, how many how many how many have we got? Oh, like four four full time now. Me, Yeltsin, Dunn, and JC. And then there's like three or four Teddy, four, four or five consultants right Teddy now. Teddy yeah. and several consultants. Yeah, yeah. Jared and yeah, and I mean. We're dealing with the, the team might be a total of ten now. Wow, that's that's unbelievable. Um, from from just Yeltsin and I, and that's a team of ten for both tank maintenance and the business part of it all. Correct. Wow. So I just just one last thing, Keith, before we get off this topic. Polo Reef. Andrew has been donating to hobbyists directly. All right, things that people don't know about. But on the website, one of the things JC and I. J JC, by the way, used to work for Jellyfish Art. He's the guy that does our marketing and, and website. He's on that last video with Julian, a part one, uh, on the thumbnail there, in case you guys want to see. The video is doing really well. Uh, part and part two is part coming out tomorrow. Coming out right? tomorrow, yeah. So that, that guys, check out that video. It came out really nice, and we get into some really interesting uh, you know, life stories with Julian Sprung. With but, tremendous B-roll history. But what, what we didn't want to do is we didn't want to put out the page. We're going to... So Polo Reef is a four business company, but we've spoken to lawyers and accountants recently, and we're currently right now putting together a 501C, so there'll be a Polo Reef Foundation nice. where all the charities are going to come out from. So we have about 10 charities from like schools to uh, in Connecticut, Iowa, uh, uh, Florida, and then Reef Restoration uh, folks that we're working with directly where there's donations going to. And we've also been the middleman where we're working with vendors you know, uh, multiple vendors. We won't name names. We'll name them when the, the time point, comes. The point is you know. that we'll be transparent on on who we give to, um, and and it will be on the website, and and all that is forthcoming. It just had to await a, a structural talk here, yeah, uh, with the accountants, lawyers, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And and the um, the donations are coming through sales of merch coming. Let's say ninety percent of donations are coming through this guy sitting. In the yeah, seat. yeah. Let's let's <laughs> you know, like in terms of donation, it's not a donation right now. We have merchandise that's all going towards the giveaway. Charity. Yeah, giveaway. But we're also working like we worked with like Ecotech. They 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 uh, they provided us with some free radions that we're you know going to announce today. It's on everywhere on the website polarreef.com. Two Gen Six radions with mounts and diffusers. We're giving back in that way. We're giving out frags. We're giving out swag. Yeah, we're showing uh, you know. up to local frog shows because 
besides speaking, we want to we want to give back. Yeah, the last time I saw you guys in person was at the Boston uh, Reefer Society, and and yeah. Um, yeah. you um, you made a donation to a uh, scholarship fund, right? Yep. Yes. Right. Yep. And and that that will be listed on the website for for instance. Yep. Gotcha. Soon. Soon. Yeah, it's um, it, it's amazing, and and in terms of the educational piece of it, what um, are, are you guys just pretty much um, leaning on the uh, the increased presence on YouTube and Instagram to help try to educate folks? Yeah, Instagram, you you got to do it quick and and entertaining, and YouTube, you can make a little bit more long form and things, and so we we're working. Uh, we'll take the same content and bust it up into different, you know sections but um no we're, we're actually i think we're taking our experiences and saying this is work for us this is not work for us that's that's one part right. of the experience and the second part is to bring in experts right uh you know we got one here sitting here uh behind me uh he's gonna be a, making but, a surprise like, appearance later on right yeah, we have a, we have a, yeah, it's not Billy Joel, it's not the Springsteen, but it's somebody good. Close enough. Yeah. But, um, and, and showing people the other side of the argument, showing people the facts, being the middleman between the hobbyist and the scientist, I think is now a role in Polo Reef that we didn't know even existed as an opportunity three months ago. And I, and I, and I'll bring go ahead, Rashid. We're bringing experts, Keith. Everything from from lighting to yeah. flow yeah. to Bob Stark, very soon, in terms of chemistry, and we're just laying the information out there because we all know there's a lot of different ways to skin this cat when when it comes to this hobby, but you know, providing information and then there's curriculums for kids. Yeah. You know, we we want to target. Not just the hobbyists from 20 to 45, 50. Yeah, so it's important for us. In in my opinion, we're really excited about giving to marine science programs that teach. Right. Yeah. Okay? Uh, Where where you have, you know, 500 students going through a year kind of thing. Yep. And and so we're looking for best bangs for the buck as opposed to a tank – in a lobby of a school to look at, okay? Well, so that, like, like the, the, we get asked to look at all sorts of those projects and picking those projects and the right ones and and backing the right people and the background checks and the structure checks, it all takes a lot more time than we expected. Yeah, it becomes a problem. Everybody wants to just get a tank and put it in a school, but who's gonna watch over that tank? Yeah. What right. happens in the summer? You know, is it central? You know, like these kind of things, but. We're just trying to make sure that, you know, the funds that we do provide, they're, they're going to go a long way. Right. And they're allocated appropriately. Yeah, yeah. You, you absolutely need somebody that, um, you know, is going to be invested in a school tank that is um, not going to, you know, rely on outside help. I mean, obviously, I think they will, you know, for school kind of tanks and tanks you, you, um, you would donate to whoever – you want to make sure that you've got somebody that's excited about it and, and, Correct. and that yeah. Um, yeah. will – yeah, let's put it this way: the due diligence on this stuff has been twice as long as we would expect. Yes, that's all. Yeah. Plus, we were dealing with our own structure. Yep. 
um, it, it's, it's, um, it's just amazing in terms of what, I mean, yeah, I mean, the last time I had you on, Andrew, we went through the whole system and, and the, um, the floors of, um, you know, uh, that you have below the tank, right? There's at least two stories below the, uh, the tank with all the equipment that, uh, yeah. runs that big, uh, 17,000. Yeah. We just, we, I actually did a, uh, a brand new one minute and 18 second reel, on the sub basement it's posted on insta maybe in my groups also it is not easy to film an engine room that sounds like the freaking titanic engines <laughs> down there with terrible light and in a minute and a fraction i just it, so so it's not something we do easily but we happen to put this reel together real quickly and and people loved it. Well, you put the real. I pulled it together. Yeah, I pulled it together. Andrew's learning how to put real. Really, you're I'm doing a, some video editing, man. I've gotten hip to the editing game, believe it or not, Keith. So you're very hands-on with the tank, and now the editing. Wow. Now the editing, right? <laughs> gotten better, a lot better. I mean, I even understand ISO and f-stops and the cameras and the filters, and you know, I I try different apps and different filters and. It, 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 yeah, it's uh, it's not easy filming a tank, especially when you've got a tank that um, you know has a lot of blue light on it. That's for sure. You know, it's just very, very tough. And and in person, you know, you don't see that. But the camera, you gotta like, really. Oh, we lost you guys again there. I think it uh, might be some more overheating going on on your. It's okay. All right, we're gonna talk anyway. Yeah, just just um, keep talking. So uh, yeah, which lens to use in, in during which daytime? <laughs> Um, you're back. Back. Okay, good. Uh, what else? Jared, just keep blowing Which, on the camera. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> any any event, we're learning we're learning new tricks all the time. And by the way, that iPhone 14 has been an incredible improvement just just in itself. Oh, you know, I and the color. And I you know, yeah. I I I got this. Um, and I want to give a uh, shout out to Bay Area Reef for uh, turning me on to these um, filters for my iPhone. I've got an iPhone X, yeah. which is a couple of years old at least, and I've um, I've started using these. Uh, what brand? What brand? The um, the filters. I, I think it's a ten. No, no. Which what's, what's the brand of the filter? Yeah, I'm trying to remember off the top of my head. Um, is it the Flipper or the Orfix? Orfix. That's it. Orfix. Okay. Yeah, and. Yeah, we found the we we found the clip we think we like better. Really? Yeah, the one. And that that C what is it called? C C C C, C Flipper? Yeah, what's it called? What it's the it? new flipper that What's the name of the brand? The flipper. No, but it's 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 yeah, on the back C, of the, the oh, C scape C something. Yeah, I don't know. C something. C scape or Yeah. It just came out. You guys can find it on Amazon. It has a magnet instead of a clip. Oh, yeah. No, but that's one of them. even even the orange yellow the orange I like yeah. even the big orange yellow that are, that's not in the magnet, I like better than the Orphic clip now. But it just like makes a, a huge difference. Instead of like having to break out a DSLR or a mirrored, you know, lens camera, you could just break out the, I mean, yeah. I'm talking like it's like brand new thing that you could do. I mean, I just, I'm so freaking slow. I finally discovered this, uh, this neat little trick in terms of using an iPhone and these filters. But uh, man, oh man, am yeah. I loving this now. You know, if you, if, if you set the white balance uh, down and use the right filter, uh, the little orange ones, the flipper one that you talked about, you only need over one of the lenses, and and it's unbelievable. Yeah, um, some couple a couple of random um, 
questions uh, coming in from the viewers that we'll uh, get into. And then we've got some topics to talk to you guys about that um, we want to yep. find out more information yep. about. Um, Manny's Reef, can you ask Andrew if he was finally able to successfully keep a peppermint angelfish? The longest I kept one for has been seven years. Yeah. Um, the last two we've had, one died way early and it was internal nematodes. We had it autopsied. And the other one probably lived the normal. You know, they probably only live 10, 12 years in captivity. And if you have it for seven years, I don't know how old it was. Yeah, you don't know how it. old it is. So, um, I, nobody has gone out and collected these things in multi years. Uh, the guys that used to do it, either there's permit problems in Tahiti where the easy dives are, and the hard dives, there's permit issues and, and other issues. Like, I, I don't know. It, it, they're only like in two or three locations. How um, often do you see them come up for sale? I haven't seen one in 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 four years, oh, five wow. years. Wow! There's only two or three divers in the world that will do this. Wow! And and it's because they're in an area that um, are they a deep water fish? Is that why? Four four uh, three hundred to four hundred feet down, and and it's not even that. It's that they stay so freaking close to the rock. I don't know if you've seen a flame angel yeah. the way the way it's it, it stays within the reef. They can't, it's hard to catch them. So it takes a, a lot of hours to get little fish and then they have to decompress. And so the dives become very complicated. Thus the uh, high price of the fish. Thus the high price. That's a $20,000 fish, right? Yeah. And then, and then they're not so good at, uh, they're not so good at adopting to, to looking up for food. Oh, really? You know, they're a little on the dumb side. So a lot of them perish because they feed. They don't feed from the water column. The pickers, no. baby brine helped a lot. That kind of thing. But you gotta, you gotta really get them, get some live rock in there that that they're, they're picking on. Which means you're not putting them through quarantine. Which means they're likely to get internal nematodes or come with them, and therefore the shortened life. Yeah. Yeah. Um... Somebody did ask a, a question about, you know, quarantine and, and that you guys have such a stringent quarantine process, yet sometimes things get through. Does that, um, does that kind of freak you out at times, like when you do such a stringent quarantine process for fish and then all of a sudden you uh, find a disease in the tank? I mean, that's, that's such a high volume of fish that you guys have in that tank. I guess there's always some, some cracks that uh, might occur in the armor there, right? So uh, we're lucky enough to have a UV sterilizer that actually has 350,000 microjoules, which actually kills free swimming ick and velvet. And so when something gets through, it tends not to erupt. Okay. So we manage and we change the UV bulbs frequently, more frequently than ever. Yeah. Uh, does, does that mean that a fluke or something doesn't get on a fish's eye and get through? Yeah. Going to catch that fish is a really a major problem. Yeah. So, so uh, you know, managing it naturally with cleaner asses and those kind of things, we'd rather do. Uh, we've, we have dosed hydrogen peroxide in the tank. The corals didn't love it, mm -hmm. but that was a period of time where we couldn't get new UV bulbs. 
for the five or six week period and we felt that we needed a little more oxidation. Yeah, we crank up the ozone during those times. And frankly, we're in a position where we change the UV bulbs. I, I, the problem goes away really? by itself. Yeah. I think we- on the fish. On the fish. Now, the coral, that, that's a whole nother ball of wax <laughs> that I'm sure we're going to talk about. Um, even, even with the fish, Drew, I think we've changed our mentality where we realize that we're managing egg. Yeah, and, 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 and we've, seen, a, we've seen occasional bacterial infection on the yeah. eyes yeah. or a fluke on the eye. We yeah. see it. Yeah. We're, guys, we have a QT process. It's important. Uh, and the thing I can tell you about that is even with this QT process, there's cross-contamination that can happen. There's so many things that can happen where you still get something in the tank. So this whole theory of, right. you know, we have this superb polar reef QT tank where nothing gets in that tank, it's near impossible. And, and I'm sure some people will... We'll, uh, we'll, we'll want to, you know. But Keith, you know, we have a bunch of Anthias and Chromis in the back that have been there way longer than 30 days because Uranemia broke out in there. And now I'm nuking the freaking one things with formalin because, you know, the last fish could be the grenade. Yeah. You know, and, right. and, and so we're really sensitive to that. Right. I mean, as long as. So we're even, we're, we're even more freaked out about adding fish now than ever. No, understood, because you've got some rare specimens and you've got a lot of them, you know, in that uh, right. in that tank. So you right. don't want a domino effect like occurring with that tank. Correct. That, Correct. Um, that would not be a good uh, Correct. situation. Uh, I, I, I want to continue to talk. I'd rather I'd rather nuke the fish and lose a third of them. But at the third be healthy, then then then, then you know. Yeah, you get. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Rob upstate New York. Thank you so much, man, for the super chat. The comment is Andrew, every one always wishes they went bigger. If you had to do it again, would you? Hope to see it live someday. We are. Riding more water volume. Yeah. Um, I, I, first of all, you realize that, that, that things in your life causes reactions, right? Every action's got a reaction. In this case, I had a marriage that, that busted up uh, uh, on the early side in terms of uh, I built building two 800 gallon tanks, and when you leave the house after a heartbreak like that, or after a few years, you vow to do it again. And if you're one of those fighters, like that experience, that whole experience, ha- had that not happened, there'd be no polar reef. Oh, really? Okay, so so, and you would need a personality, one of those personalities that, like, when you get punched in the face, you know, you get up and 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 want to show off and, and, and be better next time. Yeah. That perfectionist type personality. Yeah. Um, so bigger, I don't know. Better, I don't think so anymore. It's gone beyond my dreams. And now we're adding more water volume to the house and more grow out tanks and doing it uh, more in a more laboratory way, yeah. clinical way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. So, do we want to talk about the uh, the uh, the pest uh, issue you were alluding to about the corals, or we want to talk about the lab? Maybe talk about the pests first. That's um, that that's. Uh... I'm I'm handing this off to Rashid. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, <laughs> nice. It's his fault. So, go bug guy. This is where we're going to bug guy the pet the worm the flat the aquarium flatworm guy. So here here's what happened, guys. When 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 I first came here. Andrew was putting corals into the system, 
and we were putting them in four 125-gallon raceways. In six-week quarantine. And we were waiting four to six weeks. For the fish's protection. For the fish's protection because we wanted to make sure there weren't any trophons or any ick or velvet, God forbid, that came on those rocks. And there were less corals. egg inspection than there should have been. Yeah. Right. So there wasn't that inspection, even though we all know that if you keep a coral in a tank. And they were dipped, but who knows? Like They were dipped and then there was eggs, right? Right. Yeah, I mean, some something is going to get through. It's all about the eggs, and, you know? And something, it's and all something, about those eggs. Something he did get through. And and I think a lot of that is because maybe a little bit of impatience on our end because we stocked that tank up. 17,000 gallons within. The problem is, is we, we brought some really big pieces, and I don't know where this came from. And some of them sometime went right in the tank after we did inspection because they were too big to even put in those vats. And that was one of our issues. We is is guys. We didn't have holding tanks Big large enough. enough. We right. didn't have enough water to right. put these corals and continue to properly treat them. So long story short, I mean, we have a game plan. We have some and flatworms in the tank, and uh, you know, we just we were just with Joe Iolo a couple of weeks ago uh, when we were at the Long Island Reef Association holiday party, and he walked us through. We were I'm showing the blowing. video, by the way, of uh, you guys blowing off the uh, acroweeding flatworms. Yeah. So we, Let's see. What do you got there? I'm looking at I, I, Is this a new video? Yeah, well, Have yeah, I seen I think, this? I don't think you've seen this. this I don't think new. I've seen it either. Yeah, it's new. It's new. So new. There's a little bit of delay, so it's going to come. All right. Okay. But Joe told us that, you know, Joe used a, uh, you know, a, a garden hose. A garden hose nozzle for the pressure. And, reg and not oral water, but just regular water. Oh, tap water? So, yeah. Really? Yeah. So that, that right wow. there, guys, is... I know that, a, that's that a, raccoon butterfly loves flatworms. <laughs> yes. <laughs> And, uh, you know, I was so excited when I saw these fish eating them that way. But the trick was to get water volume um, a lot more intense. So we changed the pump, we changed the hose, and it's still RO water. But they, these things were coming right up. So we have a game plan where we're going to – we might not reset the whole tank, but we might take out, you know, 30 to 50% of all those acros out of the tank. Inspect, and, cut. Inspect, cut. Some of them might go back in. Some of them – We'll be holding tanks that we're putting together, but we're gonna go through the, I'll call it the Joe Iroh method, where we're we're blowing those corals out twice a week. That's what he did, and right? Really, with fresh water, you're saying with a hose, yes. and he and he blew them off, yeah, and that yeah. pretty much uh, kept them at bay, right? Yeah, because uh, as the eggs hatched, uh, th then the new adults get blown off again. Right. So it's just a numbers game. You gotta yeah. keep continue to go through the cycle, so you catch up with that life cycle. And I mean, we go through. 130 gallons of RODI water, and it's not even a 150 bite. gallons of RODI. You know, it doesn't. It makes it makes zero dent in our salinity. Zero. So we Holy, have you that, you we have you that. use 150 gallons of the water to blow off the aquaweeding flatworms. Uh huh. Whoa. Uh -huh. Yeah. <laughs> Holy yeah. smokes. That dive. I was in there for two hours. 150 gallons. Yeah. And that didn't. Which is not unusual for us. We usually wow. use maybe 100. This is, yeah. Yeah. But that's the game plan, Keith. The way I see it. Some folks go through these things in their tanks, and they're worried about telling people because then people will look at them. Oh man, you didn't quarantine. You're not a good hobbyist. You're not a good aquarist. The way I, what I told Andrew is, I you know we're we're planning actually on doing season two of uh, Diaries of a Mad Reef Keeper, and we want to document and tell everyone what's going on so everyone learns from this process. If you could do it in a seventeen thousand gallon tank, why can't you do it in a three hundred gallon tank? Yep. Uh, you know, or you know, obviously in a smaller tank, you could probably quarantine a lot of these things, but. There's always a solution. If there's a will, there's definitely a way, and that, that's what we have here at Pole Reef. The other thing, Keith, is it's way easier for an egg, 
or something to get through when they and have huge like tight, colonies. tight colonies. Yeah, you guys right? got so many. Like a frag, you can get turkey based to go like this, and whatever's on this. Yeah, gone. I, you know, I had um, in my uh, old tank in Connecticut. It was a 225 gallon tank, and it was an awesome tank. It was a beautiful tank. It was featured, I think, in um, on on Reef Central, maybe Reef to Reef, but. Um, you know, as a tank of the month, but I had acro eating flatworms in that tank. And the way I managed it was I used a turkey baster to baste the, uh, the corals every now and then. And I had a, um, actually a pair of clownfish that used to just follow me around with that turkey baster. Oh, they, they, they get, they get totally used to it and, yeah. and loving the action. Right. And it's usually like just, um, you know, certain colonies that they have an appetite oh, for yes. that, uh, you know, like oh, tricolors yes. or something and, and whatever, yes. you know, but it just, it's, That's, it seems yeah. like every system, there's always a uh, certain colonies that get yes. uh, kind of yes. get the action yes. that, that's a good uh that's a good point keith so you know the, the the main display is huge right so i know the problem trials right so that's where michelle and i are going to attack and done as he, he starts to dive a little more we're going to dive those those areas and as we as we tackle those areas we're probably going to take the majority of the corals out of those areas and then there's other things you have wrasses you have you know we're thinking about blue-legged there's all these there's all these potential solutions right, but it's you know. there's a possibility that sometime between springtime and summertime a third of the acros come out of the system for 42 days and get inspected cut blah 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 re-dipped we, we're making storage space right now as we speak additional 300 okay. gallon holding tanks um did they lose me again yeah we lost your uh, video so again cool. Just didn't have any okay, fine. Um, one, th um, one thing, you're back. One thing I, uh, I think I mentioned to Rashid um, when we were talking earlier this week was that um, yeah. I love potassium chloride. You know, I bought a, right. I bought a 50 um, pound bag of potassium chloride, the stuff that basically you put in a water softener, and uh, yeah. you just pound it up, you ground, grind it up into a powder, and um, that stuff is, it's clear. So, you know, you can actually see flatworms falling off, um, you know, infected acros. And um, it, it works in a way that uh, is really interesting. It's kind of like a reverse um, um, osmosis type of thing. It, it sucks the water out of the cells of the flatworms. So I've actually seen yep. flatworms disintegrate, you know, in that yep. stuff. So um, I, I don't worry about those guys. I worry about eggs and, and then the coral colonies that you're cutting and, and, and then you end up, you know, a fraction of what of what you put in, and th that's that's the heartbreak for me, and the and the step back before you get two steps forward. It is tough, man, because you know to kind of like break uh, apart a masterpiece, which it is right now, is um, you know I've been there. It's uh, it's not easy a decision to make, but yeah, I, I, we're not sure how far this goes or whether this is a section by section thing. We don't know yet. We just know that at least. The hose thing that we tried the other day seemed to have eradicate a lot. So we're going to manage it and then make a decision, I guess. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, listen, pests are part of the game. Pests are a, a natural part of any uh, ecosystem uh, in, yeah. in the world and especially in a in a reef tank. And it's it's always something, isn't it? There's always something going on with the tank. Keith, they always they always attack and get the nicest colony too. <laughs> you know, it's like it's like you know the deal. Yeah. They're not getting my stylos and they're not getting 
No, nothing like stylos. What's it, what eats stylos? What eat what what eats a bird's nest? I don't know. I mean, no, nothing. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> the, the, the problem is when you have these massive colonies that are like two feet across, right? The last one that we lost that really hurt was this magnificent acro that I got from my buddy Sam out in Jersey. It was beautiful, and it was growing so well. It must, have doubled, nowhere, in, it must it, have doubled in size. It must have doubled in size out of nowhere. Half of it is bleached out right before he came back from 24, the In 24 hours, it just gave up. Half wow. of it was gone. There was no even warning signs. I, whatever. And as soon as we took it out, we smelled the coral. A lot of times you can smell the coral. You can smell the death. You definitely can smell a difference between a healthy coral and a, and a coral yeah. that's not healthy. But when we cut it down, like right down the middle, Keith, and I could send you this video. Like there's, There were eggs inside the, the skeleton where even with the hose, you couldn't get to them. No way. So right. this is why you have to be proactive when it comes to pests. You can't be reactive and say, oh, I'm going to do, you know, blowing them out with uh, turkey basters or RO water because it might be too late. You know, we might have already lost, you know, 20, 30 colonies and we don't even know it yet. It's kind of like how, um, you know, brown jelly disease works with a torch. You see one head gone and you're like, oh, the other two look super healthy. But it's Start like spreading. The, the brown jelly is like from inside and those things are oh, gone. It spreads like crazy. Yeah. 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 It, um, it is, uh, it is, uh, unbelievable. Like how, like overnight something can change. Like you didn't even know you had a problem. And then all of a sudden like a, uh, coral crap sounds like, okay, what's going on? Let's, uh, let's start doing a little, uh, diagnostics here. I mean, even, uh, you know, I experienced this recently bacterial infection, like coral pathogens. That's a, that's a whole nother thing you got to worry about, you know, that's a whole nother bowl of wax <laughs> that, that, uh, that I mean, there's how do you keep a coral? How do, how, do you, how do you keep coral pathogens out of things? Send the the the, the microbiome, test the bacteria, the cipro. I, I, you know, it, that sort of to me, that's a that's a bad decision. If you have to decide to cipro your tank, it's not a place I want to make that. That's not a great decision to have to make. I um so I recently went through an episode of my Peninsula tank, which has been thriving. You know, and, um, you know, with, it's an SPS dominant tank <clears throat> and beginning in the summertime through, uh, the early part of the fall, I was, um, I had some random episodes of RTN and even some, um, or, uh, STN and some RTN. So, you know, I just kind of like chalked it up to some things. I thought maybe it was because I was getting very, very low phosphate readings in the tank and that perhaps was uh, stressing out the corals or, you know, you know it might have been something else, you know, based on some ICP testing that I was doing. But it just it got to, to a point where I was like every day looking at the tank, looking at it really closely in terms of certain corals like, oh, man, what's going to happen next? What's you know, that coral doesn't look good. That coral doesn't look good. And so it was kind of like it's it started happening more and more and more. And um, I hate that domino. Oh, and it's it's the worst thing. You don't want to look at the tank. The you don't worst. want to look at the tank because you're just scared to see like what. Well, a little secret. We only make big reset and big projects like this when we try to ship Andrew out to Italy <laughs> or the Bahamas. But unfortunately, we can't do it for 42 days. So he's going to have to put up with this as we try to fix the so tank. So I, um, I consulted with Chris Meckley at ACI and, and – yep. um, you know, he um, his suggestion was to hit it with some oxalinic acid, and he he um, I had him on the live stream, that, and we um, we we we, yeah, I spoke we talked a lot about about that treatment on on the live stream um, a few weeks ago. I think it was around Christmas time, and um, I tanked it a complete 180. It stopped the uh, the RTN the STN on that tank 
stopped. And um, I did a uh, I did a pre post microbiome test. The uh, pre test showed um, coral pathogens and uh, like like which ones? Do you know vibrions? Uh, um, the uh, Arcobacter was one. Arco, yeah. And okay. I forget, I can't remember the top of my head about the other one. But, um, okay. but, but uh, right. then I did a post test two days later. I did the yep. post test two days later, which might have been too soon. Um, they were yep. still present, but they were um, significantly reduced. How, how long did it take you to get those results back? It takes a while. It, yeah. It, uh, By the time you get those results back, I know, back, I know. It's kind of like, like you're kind of like, you know, it's not. Not that's the issues we're having with uh, ICP. We, yeah, we, ICP. you know, we, we bought Three an IC, vendors, yeah. we bought an ICP machine that's basically a, a paperweight in my garage right oh, now, why? Uh, under a blanket because we didn't want to do this two-week waiting thing in the mail, and we're still doing it, and it's still a problem. Yeah. I, oh, so you guys still have to? I don't, you, I'm sure I can make a deal with a local lab somehow, but in, in general. I think the information is coming back too too slow. I mean, unless you live in Florida. I mean, Meckley has this guy, right? I spoke to him about that. Yeah, I, I get it. I it's use. Uh, he's talking. You're talking about Reef Labs. I use Reef Labs too. Yeah, they're quick. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I get yeah. them. Uh, I get my results back like sometimes within a week. Yeah, it's all right. ATI loses half of mine. No, no. <laughs> um, right, <in> a third. <laughs> what? Um, no, they just go missing. I don't know what happens really? to them. That's. They find them eventually, but it's a month late. That's Whatever. odd. That's Not odd. Um, so Rob B's Reef is, is asking, have you guys ever used uh, the microbiomics or something similar? It sounds like you have or maybe uh, have not. No, we haven't done that yet. Maybe you shouldn't do it. You don't want to. You don't want to find yeah. out anything bad. You got enough. Ago, you got enough on your. Ago, you got enough trouble with the aquarium flatworms. Ago, many years ago, when when we had the lithium scare in all the salts. Yes. Remember yeah. that one? Everybody found high yeah. lithium and they think, thought that their fish or corals were in danger. And, and I started chasing numbers and chasing ghosts and changed salts to a different brand. And, but I, and I literally like wiped out a tank from it. Ooh. So, so I don't want to know what skeletons I have in yeah, my closet. Yeah, it's probably a good idea. I don't want to know. <laughs> I'm going to change the UV bulbs and hope that they, they can stay under control. Right. I mean, those those tests will uh, show you the uh, not only the coral pathogens, but fifth pathogens. What do you do? I mean, you find a problem. What do you do? Start dosing. Like, you start dosing bacteria that we don't even have real Or, or antibiotics. Like, what do you do? You, you go in well, I did the OA. You'll wipe out your tank following those I things. I did the OA treatment without knowing what the bio, the aquabiomics uh, test results were because I didn't have the time, you know, and, and hopefully Eli. The, the nice part the nice part about the big display is we can crank up the ozone, really crank it up. Um, the UV bulbs, when we change them, make a huge difference. And, and so pathogens, I, bacterial infections, I'll see on an eye, like I'll change my UV bulbs. I'll, I'll do make a, some, a couple little tweaks and then they're gone. We have the advantage of, of massive power where 300,000 microjoules actually does something. Yeah. Uh, and dilution. So, so we, have, we have some advantages going where uh, we get some leeway. And we're considering doing some different things with a 2,500-gallon tank. You know, maybe we go back old school and do some metal halides. 
You know, uh, oh, this is when we bring in there. <laughs> this is when we bring in your special. Did we switch the lighting just now? This way we just bring in oh, your special sorry. guest. Is that where we're, uh, we're segueing to? <laughs> uh, I, I wasn't gonna. I'm just saying. Uh, what, what, what else did you have on your list before we bring him on? Uh, I could, you know, we could keep, keep talking about pests and coral pathogens and all that stuff. But uh, we, we also we're talking about flow. Also, your lab. Uh, those are a couple other topics. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, let's, let's hit those quickly. All right. Flow. I'm leaving the lab to Rashid. Okay, let's talk about flow. I'll, 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 we'll do a joint flow. Rashid is in charge of the lab. The lab is under construction. It's been under construction, I feel like, for, for a year. Too long. Um, we have drilling and hammers every morning. We have tradespeople in every morning, electricians. But when it comes out, when you guys see it, it's nice. going to be like you're going to eat off the worldwide corals a fan floor type situation yeah we, i don't know if we can compete with them from time i don't Burns, know if we can compete there but, but i, I talk to them on a regular basis i, I know i know purchase. that's the direction you're going yeah yeah i want it to be nice right I, I want the workers to be here so like tell them the story of why it was like that i mean so people like you know like the, the this house is immaculate this tank is immaculate but the lab started off as the reason you know, andrew never finishes because it was, it was supposed to be his home theater yeah you know so we we finally realized that we needed that room I think Orly finally realized that we're going to yeah, take that, that room. That room was was a goner. You know, so we just started. We just started fixing up. We started fixing up from the floors. We start off with the floors and put tiles down, so it's easy to to mop, and it's not cement floor. It's a cement floor. But um, but but it wasn't easy because yeah, there's crawl spaces and like you have to make trap special trap doors and so forth. Yeah, exactly. Because uh, one thing I think a lot of people don't understand is like you have the main display tank, but like. 30 feet away, across, like away from that tank is where you have um, you know, the all the pipe. filtrations down yeah. down below. It goes through the lab. I'm like, showing the uh, I'm of... showing the lab video now. I was showing the I was they showing the I was showing the flow video before. Right. So yeah. the lab that's actually uh, you know the, the desk is that that lab thing's not really in the center whatever, but but that's what it's starting to look like with the drop down ceiling, the yeah. tile. Uh, we're starting to uh, put some shell, nice cabinetry and a nice coral station and get rid of those two-by-fours also on those coral vats behind put, you. Put those oh, yeah, that, that coral there. station is going to be a beautiful cabinetry lacquer, you know, and, and uh, a, real, a real quartz tabletop. Uh, the two-by-fours will be gone. But, but that, you know, it's, it's all a function of... Yeah, and we're going to... You guys can't see the tanks, but we're going to have... Two 250-gallon grow-out tanks. The the tubs are going to be glass tanks now. And, yeah. and, like, these are some of the things just from, you know, being in the hobby for so long along with Andrew. Like, we had tubs. I mean, yeah. to inspect coral from top down, Keith, is only 50% of the job. Having the glass tank, you could now see it from that bottom up. You could see, a, God forbid, those, like, black bugs or a flatworm where now they're not, they don't have to pick up every coral and spec. They could do a quick visual inspection and go after the ones that definitely look bad. So it's it's those little things that we're fine tuning that essentially are just going to make. You us see the trap doors right there, right? Yeah. You see that? Yeah. That's yeah. our crawl space, just in case. So we there's get pipes to the, running all across all through there and yeah. down, yeah. Wow. To get to the quarantine and then uh, down the basement. And then those four VAT systems there will be converted to glass. Those two by fours are gone. Uh, it's going to look, look spectacular. We got a fridge yesterday. Yeah, we got a new fridge. Yeah, you got a new <laughs> fridge. We got a new fridge. Big freezer. Because it had to get built into the cabinetry. Yeah. We lost your uh, your video feed again there. 
Um, well, yeah, I mean, listen, if anybody needs a lab, it's you guys because um, you're back. It's um, it, it. I can only imagine in terms of the workspace that you need to just, uh, you know, for the water testing, for um, whatever you're doing in terms of inspecting corals. Um, so so the um, back to it wasn't so bad when it was only two or three people. But now the whole workflow of is important for efficiency. Right. Right. Um, in, in, in terms of the uh, the ICP ma uh, machine, did we uh, did we get a, a glimpse of that in that uh, video, or was that uh, something? No, it's in, it's in the garage under 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 a blanket. <laughs> That's a sore subject. Let's move we're on. not uh, we're not talking about the ICP tester right now. Yeah. <laughs> Got it. Um, Let, let's hit on, let's hit on flow, Keith, since you showed. Yeah, those, all right. Let me show the flow again. Those, uh, those, yeah, those yeah. And then we'll go to lighting. So talk to us about flow. What's going on with flow? Well. Tell them what our issue is that most people have. Yeah. So, so <laughs> look, you have this tank that's got three sides viewing. And so the only place in theory you could put powerheads slash monsters or cannons, if they're not hidden in the rock work, is in the back. Yeah. Or if you wanted to create a retractable situation that went, that did a sweep and then went back up on a crane, but the engineering for that is crazy. Yeah. Crazy. Mm -hmm. uh, so we're looking at options with these little cannons, big cannons, uh, Panther Ray and Abyss are the main, are the main players. It's more likely to be a hybrid situation where, there's one big monster creating the wave. You see that hydro wizard right there in, in the center. That does 50, 60,000 gallons per hour uh, right there. We're going to try the new Abyss out also. And then, so we think, frankly, we're probably likely to use a hybrid situation, buried in some rocks. Some of the ones like Abyss tend to carry further but are narrower. Yeah, and the other brand, Panther Ray, the triple, the triple. Uh, yeah, a wider flow, but not, a, but not as long. So depending, and then of course, Abyss has short wires, and they're orange, and they need to be custom done and rewired, and so this is all um, not stuff that that you're going to be able to figure out from day one. Yeah. And, and so we're, we're testing this thing, and we got wires everywhere, and we have to like figure out whether whether we can film the tank with these ugly wires. And until the wire management's done, that, that's what we're going through now. Yeah, I mean, just imagine this: it, it's your typical peninsula tank, and it's like the far side that's away from the overflow. Okay, it becomes an eyesore when you have power heads that are literally on the other side. You want to see all three ways. The other thing is when we thought about putting powerheads like slightly below the water level, but then you have the vortex that you have to deal with. So we're thinking about maybe creating some 3D designs to stop the helmets. Vortex. There's there's a lot of things we're talking about. What about, about a uh, some sort of um, surge device that kind of spills into the tank? We don't have enough height up top. Uh, we don't have the room, like Joe. Yeah. We don't have the height up top. Got you. Yeah. We have surges, but it's basically just taking away 
uh, pressure from, from somewhere else. Um, Jelly, thank you so much for that super chat. She says, please hit that like button. Yes, folks, please hit that like button. Um, like uh, some other comments here about um, Flow. Uh, Mike H. Rats Reef still thinks some custom-made ocean motion devices on those new flow pumps could be quite effective. Um, Bert Minshew, if somebody gets in front of the Abyss 99,000, they get their arm cut off. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I was inside the tank mountain that thing. Um, no, the nine, the Abyss one, the Abyss oh, monster. The, the big one that – The okay. big monster. Yeah, yeah. yeah well, yeah. Or that, is that the 1,200? Which was the which was the big monster? I think it was the 12. 1,200, right? Yeah. yeah. yeah I don't know what the 9,000 is. It's a really big one. It's a big one, like this, like half the size of a – Sounds pie. really big. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, listen, geez, you know, I got a Peninsula tank, and um, it uh, it definitely is a challenge in terms of trying to figure out flow. You know, my, mine is I mean, like a – the mounting, Keith, the mounting on this is not easy. They, they want you to put it on poles and, and, and between the vortexing and the poles. Like, we're, we're going to start experimenting and actually putting them inside caves and Marco rocks and stuff like that, like – it's probably going to be some hybrid solution where, like that, where the smaller ones going to have to go in rocks and stuff like that, and the wider ones where there's coral close, and the long ones when there's coral further. Do you guys have sand on the bottom of that tank? Yes, yeah, it's uh, pretty, pretty, inside. pretty. Not, not a lot. Is that is that become an issue with the uh, amount of flow you need to crank or no? No. 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 Yeah, it uh, yeah, over 10, 10 feet. Uh, the only issue it's going to become, and we've spoken about this, is like, you know, siphoning that sand at some point. Yeah, like how do you clean how that do, sand? Yeah, how do you siphon that sand? Ten feet down. Now we got go a lot of gobies. We got a lot of gobies. Yeah, you'll be taking but if, fish but out. if you wanted to change the sand bed or do a job like that and do let's say twenty five or thirty percent of the time, how do you do that in a, a pump that doesn't? How much water are you taking out at that time? How do you not kill the pump? Also, not even yeah, and the fish that come, huh? come through the tube. Yeah, all that. Yeah. Um, somebody also is talking about a closed loop hitting uh, Tracy Spellenberg, but uh, yeah, you don't. Do you have any? Um, do you have any um, um, bulkheads below the waterline in that tank? Yeah. No. No, we have closed loops. You have closed. Yeah, she's saying do we have any bulkheads. Oh, below, no, right no, below. No, 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 no. One, one of the. Other options, all, all the engines are downstairs in the sub-basement, okay? So uh, we have overflow boxes that are like, like welded into the back kind of thing. Yeah. One, at one point, we were talking about creating separate, drilling the back and creating another pump there that, that we could do a circulating thing. So it's not taking from something else. Hold it, drill, but drill. What we decided was drill, drilling the fiberglass in the back was too risky. Yeah. Along with we didn't want the noise, noise yeah. and engine noise directly in the back room, so we nixed we nixed the concept. Yeah, I, you know, bulkheads below the waterline to me are a scary proposition. You know, and a, a tank yeah, like yeah. what you guys have right there. Yeah. That um that that's taking a big risk, right? <clears throat> we can make ten thousand gallons of water. Pretty quick, but still, it's ten thousand gallons of water. Corey Page is asking, "Can you mount the pumps at the bottom below the glass 
pointing upwards. Yes. Yes. That's exactly that, what we're, 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 uh, we just need long wires. Yeah, we need, we need some longer wires. We need to figure out how to get them in the Marco rocks and all, 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 all that. But th that's probably the way the hybrid system is going to end up going. I mean, that's, a, that's exactly like when you have a peninsula tank, you're either going to deal with the eye store where you have like a gyre or something like, and that's just giving you good flow or maybe two MP60s or 40s, depending on the size of your tank. Or you're going to put them all strategically down below and try to hide them and then just create yeah. all this flow from underneath flushing things out. And and we're going to figure out what, what looks the most appealing and what, what's the healthiest for the corals. But flow is certainly a key component to any thriving reef tank. I mean, that is a, uh, yeah. that is for sure, you know. And, and um, you know, random strong flow to deliver the nutrients to the uh, to the corals is certainly a, um, a a key part of the success story of any uh, reef tank. And is it just a coincidence, Keith, that the problem trials in the tank, where the the flatworms are most condensed, is the area where we don't have that much flow? Less, I know a less, lot of people yeah. don't believe me, but is that just a coincidence, or is like for example the the, the front left eye? They island, don't like to hang on to the flow. Let's, you know, like yeah, <laughs> Let's put it, that it way. goes back to what we're doing. Right. Yeah. Now that's, um, that could be a, uh, you know, once you solve that flow issue, that could certainly help with the other, um, problem. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, should we start talking about lighting guys? Okay. Well, why don't we introduce our guests here? Do we need a um, drum roll? Tulio. Tulio, the one and only. Tulio, welcome back to rapping with reef bum. Keith, how you doing, buddy? Pretty good, bud. It's been a while. Let me just push this over. Oh no, we got we got the bars as soon as Tulio came on. Just like I that old reason, brother. Come yeah. in. Yeah. I don't want to get near Andrew's amps. <laughs> yeah, the <to> cookie. <laughs> <laughs> how you doing, guys? Good. We yes, the Tulio is uh, in town because um, I well besides my group, I told them that we were going to be focusing on lighting. Uh, in the next few weeks, uh, we want to do a spectral analysis of the big tank and other tanks in the system. He's got the tool to do it. Um, you know, he's you, you know you know he he he's as old school as that uh, that uh, what was it uh, the guy that believes Paulie B that you you take the fish and just feed him clams and you, you heal him. This is an old school guy that loves metal halides, but has invented the LED early than anybody else. And, 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 and so he's really can explain the advantages and disadvantages of both. So we wanted to get that sort of out there to our followers. And he travels with the spectrometer. Yes, he does. <laughs> and we'll, we'll be using that, that tomorrow? Yeah, That's tomorrow. Now. Tomorrow. Well, I have, and, and, and thank you, Andrew. Now, I cannot take credit for inventing the LED, yeah, but I certainly introduced it to our industry yes, and, yes. and manufactured. Keith, you know the story, so we don't have yeah. to go back to who I've manufactured for and what I've done. But I will say this. One, these guys have a first-class operation here. Thank I've you. seen the lab. I've seen their. I've seen their protocol. I've seen their protocol, and that speaks volumes. They have a first-class operation here, and full disclosure, 
I am not here as the company. I am here as Tulio. Andrew contracted me, brought me in personally to bring the equipment because he wants the actual analysis. Now, I will say this. We are using the same equipment that I used for the biosphere. If you ever watched that Pauly Shore movie, The Bio. Mm -hmm. Dome. Yeah. Well, that's a real place. We're using the same equipment. And what we're going to do is we're going to map Andrew's tank. We're taking physical underwater measurements and doing actual absolute irradiant spectral analysis. Because, Andrew, what did I tell you earlier this evening? That I couldn't put a single light on your tank until we knew what, what the was conditions missing are and in, in the tanks are. Or where there's too much or blah, blah, blah. Hey, hey, uh, right, Andrew. So whether that's going to be a Kessel or an Ecotech, whatever those lights are going to be, we want to take a baseline measurement of the system. This way we can compare that data. We can come back and demonstrate whether we've made improvements or Correct. we still have. Correct. And then there's the whole lighting of the 2500, which yeah. is a blank canvas. And it's great to have Tulio and his opinions and recommendations and we'll be spending time up there looking at that space and and uh, making some decisions um, guys just remind us what kind of lighting do we got over the uh, seventeen thousand gallon tank max spec commercials thousand watt and 500 watt floodlights and why are you thinking about a change or a supplementation of those lights A, it's older technology, and MaxSpec itself has a new 600 that that has less focus and broader stuff. Plus, the, the technologies have expanded so much now to so many different channels and so many different spectrum that we think that we can probably do a better job upgrading some way. Whether that means putting a halide source in and dealing with the heat or changing manufacturers until you know you don't know so yeah. here's how we're starting i'm showing the uh, i'm showing the lighting video by the way guys that's showing a, a bunch that's of different the, uh, tanks. yeah that's the two that's the 200 gallon that will soon become a 900 gallon drop down that's just, those are just two radions one one thing that Andrew left out is when when it, I wasn't around when you guys were putting the tank together, but yeah, unlike unlike like for example, Joe Wailo's twenty thousand gallon tank is amazing, and he has a whole bunch of metal halides there, and that tank was rocking before he unfortunately had to reset it, but we just went there and it already was looking amazing again. But Joe Wailo could stand above his tank. I think he has like like eight, nine, ten. Oh, you can have a you can have a coffee cake and a right. and a birthday party up there. So to have metal halides <laughs> that are coming down on strings and. You're not worried about, you know, like bumping into a metal halite. Or back hooked, or, or, or you're back hooked. Yeah, you know, like th that kind of issues and risk. We have a different scenario above. Yeah, you're looking display. at the 300-gallon grow out right now, yeah. which is actually, <laughs> it's interesting that you're putting that on because we just added uh, another row of radions, um, Orphic, Orphic and bars, and reef brights. We put, oh, and that's the clam tank with, with the 20K. A 20k this is what got Tulio here yes when you put on the two lights on yeah we put frag tanks i convinced you to do that there so so uh we put the polo frags under the radium 20k now we're not running both of those bulbs because we wanted a a place to adjust from led to so we need a shallow uh a quieter area but Tulio saw the uh the post 
And that's how the conversation started. Right. Going. Two weeks later, I think two or right. three weeks later. Right. Later. The exciting thing, Keith, you of all people actually would appreciate this because you and I have done a couple of interviews in the past and we've had conversations touching on this even during our interviews. The reason why I'm here this weekend is we, we everyone has always speculated about the differences between LEDs and halides and these different light sources. Nothing to do with which one's better or any of that, just that, that you know, the differences and things like that. And I'm here this weekend, and the reason why I brought all my equipment with me is we are officially at Polar Reef going to put that to bed because the absolute irradiance including, data is what it is. Including heat analysis. Heat analysis, yeah. the right? whole, yes. Of the, of the fixtures and all that stuff, right? Well, unbeknownst to you, Andrew, hey, Keith, don't you run a couple of my halide fixtures? I do. Do they run considerably cooler than any halide you've ever used? I've um, So I've got two frag tanks, and I've got um, two of your uh, metal halide hybrid um, fixtures over one frag tank, and the frag tank next to that, I've got... Um, same bulbs, so I've got 400 watt 20k radium bulbs in those uh, fixtures, and then next to it, I've got um, two old school um, Luminarch reflectors. Remember those? Yeah, yeah we got them. We those. got them going. We we got them in the clamp. They're um, yeah. mine are barely holding together, and man, those things are super hot to the touch. But when I uh, <laughs> you know I put my hand on on uh, the Reefrite fixtures, you can hold them on the yeah, fixture. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and here's the thing, Keith, you know me, we've worked together for so many years. I'm not here as Reef Bright. I'm not trying to promote lighting fixtures. Or, We're just talking or technology. LED versus, or LED versus right. halide. You just want the truth out there in terms of what the strengths and weaknesses are of both. Right, right, right. It's not about selling a particular fixture or this or that. Right. And and I even told Andrew, and I've had conversations with Rashid, if, if a Radeon is best for this system, then Keith, you know me as a professional, I'm going to call it as I see it, and I'll say that the GHL or the Radeon or the Kessel is the best for this application. But we don't know until we take the measurements, and that's why Andrew brought me here. So we have the physical spectral analysis, and it's not an anecdotal. We have the baseline data. Data, and then we build up from there. Are you guys going to publish that on um, Polar Reef on YouTube? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Is, <laughs> we got, we, for we, all of us to this digest. Is a, this is a big video weekend. Yeah, <laughs> so I guess this is a preview showcase of yeah, something yeah, upcoming. Yeah, yeah, it worked out that way. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it'll probably be some will be live, maybe. Some will be edited. We'll have to edit stuff. Well, yeah. We also have Mark Levinson coming on Saturday. Yeah, we actually have a big. Uh, well, we had one cancellation. Yeah, but. but Bob yeah. will come come the following week. Yeah, yeah. Mark Levinson's coming tomorrow also in the morning. Now, Keith, Saturday, Mark Saturday. doesn't know I'm here, so don't tell him. Don't any of you guys I think watching the, I, uh, right dude, now. Dude, I think the Mark cat's Levinson out of the bag. that I'm here. Dude, I think surprise the cat is out of the bag, dude. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, it, it, is a, um, it is an interesting topic in terms of LEDs, halides. I think the, the, the thing that scares a lot of people about the halides is the heat, right? You know, in terms of heating up the tank and... And, um, I, you know, I'm fortunate that I'm, I, I have my tanks in a, uh, in a finished basement in Vermont, which is relatively cool in the summertime. So, you know, even running halides on that tank, the reef brights are, are definitely going to be uh, cooler than what I got going with the uh, Luminarchs. And I, I've got, um, you know, I also have two of the, the old Giesman Spectra um, halide T5 fixtures going on. Hybrids, the hybrids. Yeah. Yep. Those look great. Is that a double-ended fixture? Nope. It's a single... Uh, single-ended 
mogul single-ended mogul fixture. Yeah, I don't even think you could buy them in the states anymore. Right. Um, but uh, you know, it's it's uh, it's an interesting topic because I've got one tank that I've got the the GHL Mitras over that's just rocking in terms of the SPS, and and uh, it's it's made me think. And Tula, you and I were talking about this. I was like, you know. Do I uh, do I just uh, switch put my uh, middle halides to LEDs? You know, we're talking about magnetic ballast. That's something that you guys are now um, manufacturing that um, nobody else is doing at this point in time. But you know, I mean, we can get into a whole freaking discussion. Keith, what 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 bulb are you running with the halides? Four hundred watt twenty k radiums. Well, oh, four, the four hundred radium twenty yeah. k's. Yeah. Do you supplement that with any violets? I got uh, T five, so I've got. Um, I've got, I think, four Super Blues and four uh, True Attenics. I'd have to double check to see what. Um... Okay, you got, you got the True Attenics. Okay, yeah, that, that that radium is a little light. We talked about it. It's, it's the most, to me, it's the most visually appealing bulb in, in the world, in my opinion. I love it. You love it, right? And and uh, Tulio and I were talking about this uh, the other day. You know, I used to overdrive them with an HQI ballast. Oh yeah, we used to cook our corals with that yeah. stuff. Yeah, I've got a couple of uh, old Sunlight Supply HQI ballasts that um, only work for a few weeks, and then uh, they shut down. What I tell you about those ballasts? How many? Keith, I'm spilling the beans. We're going to do a little series on my build, right? So I have a 300 gallon in the uh, finished part of the basement with a 60-gallon refugium to the right of it. And in the back, I have a, a two-tier basement. We're going to have a 250-gallon and 260s. The main display is going to have metal halides. Nice. And I haven't, so I haven't had metal halides in 15 years. Yeah. But, you know, like looking at Tusi's tank, it's like it's hard not to. Yeah, look, it, to, it's, to, uh, to, to, it's the nice, it's the most appealing bulb in the world. Yeah. I think if you supplement it correctly and you use it correctly. Right. You get terrific results. Yes, yeah, no, for sure. Uh, whether whether the corals that come out of uh, you know worldwide or top shelf that are used to all these LEDs and what that transition looks like, we've seen it. We've seen some transition where the coral, you know, like it looks bleached. That's not bleached out. It just it's going through its its adaptation. Yes. To all this new different Going spectrum, additional spectrum. Yeah. Like we did. Not metal yeah. highlights to LED. Correct. Different thing. Yeah. 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 Um, just a couple of comments and questions here from the viewers. TJ Rogers, Tulio is good people, exclamation point. <laughs> um, TJ, again, what is the what is the option of UV on the corals? Um, so I, I think that's what. I knew this was going to. Yeah. I knew this was coming We're up. going to start this discussion, right? Yeah, Tulio. What? UV options of UV on the corals. UV. Well, here's the thing. UV, UV chips, UV out of the uh, halides. Okay, here's the thing. I don't want to let too much. I'm passing you the whole UV story. (laughs) We got some some exciting stuff that I brought with me here this weekend. But like I explained to to Andrew and both Rashid and Keith, you know my style because we've worked together in the past, right? I need to test first. Until I put the equipment on Andrew's tank. And I look at the absorption and the penetration because no one, no one, no one has ever measured for the absorption of UV underwater live in real time. And we're going to do it on Andrew's tank. And I'm not talking about UVA. 
Okay, three ninety-five, three eighty. Right. So dime, any, dime any LED, that's a dime a dozen. No, we're going to be demonstrating. We're going to be demonstrating down to three hundred nanometers, real UVB. Okay, and we're going to show what that absorption and that penetration looks like. And it's very simple. Look up solar radiation. In fact, tomorrow with some of the meters we have, we're going to go out in the sun, and I'm going to show you that solar radiation, there's UVB. Of course there there's is. There's UVA. There's Ferguson index. Any of you reptile guys are familiar with Ferguson course, indexes. Yeah. I have all of those meters here, and we're going to break it down, and I'm going to demonstrate how nearly every fixture claiming UV will read zero with a Ferguson meter, will read zero with a Ferguson meter because of the lack of other components. But again, we don't wanna- we And don't by the way, we have enough lights in Polo Reef to test right. so that it's not just the main display. We have Radium 20K, we have, uh, we have uh, radium, Radions with UV uh, bars yeah. From Orphec right, yeah. with reef brights, yeah, so, so you got new blades. So we have a lot of stuff to like. We're going to be measuring. test. I'm playing around with and it. We're, yeah. So we're going to be playing tomorrow. Yep. Sounds sounds like it's going to be a fun day. Yes, but yeah. but but in essence, UV is found naturally in nature. It's part of solar radiation. This is scientific fact. Uh, what that means to Aquaria, uh, I know uh, Chris from, Chris Meckley from ACI. Yeah, yeah. Him and Chris and I, we've been doing a lot of stuff, and I'm going to be going to Chris's facility and doing some follow-up stuff as well. So we're going to take the measurements, and thanks to Andrew and, and Rashid, and, and they, they, Polar Reef, will be releasing said data on that, and, and we can make more accurate determinations so, on uh, that. So, Tulio, when I had you on one of the live streams, um, I can't remember when it was, we were talking about, um, and, and this was something that, that uh, you know, Chris Meckley was, um, was believing in, that, you know, the lack of UVs in LEDs was contributing to the um, prevalence of coral pathogens because there wasn't any UV that was killing those uh, coral pathogens. Is, is that something that we still believe in as a possibility that certain? Well, I'm going to show you something really. I'm, I have to leave I know to Bob Stark, I know Bob Stark believes it. Okay, here's the thing, guys. I didn't, Andrew, I was going to show this to you privately. You'll have to, I guess they can take their words for it, whatever. But basically, in regards to that exact comment, in regards to that exact comment, here we go. Andrew. Would you please read that for me? Read that whole thing, who it's from. Disinfection of E. coli bacteria. <laughs> <Just> please <laughs> work with me on this. We're Disinfection have of E. coli bacteria and H1N1 virus, flu virus by sunlight spectrum, UVA, B, light source. Yeah, but who's the paper written by? Dr. Jack Chang and myself. Yeah, and it was presented at the- Innovation, Colorado Boulder, yeah, at the International UV, yeah, yeah, at yeah. the International Ultraviolet yeah. Association. So the point is, is that we safely, we safely inactivated H1N1 virus two feet away from one of our UV light sources. Mm. 
So it doesn't take a stretch of the imagination to say that that can be effective on other microorganisms. Hey, but Trump wanted to put it in your body. Because, you know, <laughs> because, uh, you know Mike, um, some but, but Keith, you know my style. I'm not just going to make a claim. I don't do that. Yeah. So, so we do have evidence. We do have evidence that it can be useful. What that means to the, you know, to Aquaria in general, that's one of the reasons why I'm here and we're, we're, we're here to start determining that and taking those measurements. Yeah. At the end of the day, Keith, you know, like the only way we're going to advance this hobby and help people actually grow corals and stop the STN, RTN and, and things that we don't know is not just the biome tests and stuff like that, but or dipping. Or, I mean, there's going to be, so, have, yeah, like natural predators, natural right. things like UV. Um, you know, Coral Zook's got that, I think it was a Coral Zook or Fauna Marina, one of those places. They got that stuff you put in the water, you dose, you, it's supposed to make the coral thicker and skinner and less. Yeah, you're talking about the, um, yeah. the uh, KZ right. flatworm stop. Yeah, the, the, the only issue that we have found with that stuff is they want you to turn the UV off for yeah. for too long. And, and like I'm afraid that that causes a whole nother domino yeah. effect that I don't want to get involved in. And being the accountant, it'll, call it, it'll cost us tens of <laughs> thousands of thousands of dollars. To dose that thing. To dose that 17,000-gallon tank. And remember that every three days, I mean, we're flushing out the sand filter. We're flushing out 2,000 gallons. So you're like That would not that be thing. the uh, proper treatment yeah. for that tank. Right. No, no. But um, you better avoid the water level and spraying all the corals and potassium chloride. I swear to God. <laughs> no, no, I don't think you want to do that either. <laughs> um, so, Tulio, again, potentially, if UV is not present in in some of these LED fixtures, then could the use of metal halides potentially prevent less disease of corals in a reef tank? I'm, I'm trying to find that out, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. Again, listen, Keith, you know me. I am honest. And address how close we are or you are to then creating a real UV chip that that at least duplicates some portion of that. Oh, I if already have it. It's here. If, if it's duplicable. Why? It's here. Obviously, there's other spectrum issues that, that are yeah. broader on a halide. No. But for the from a UV perspective... That technology does exist. Oh, and, and the fixture that we can even do it with halides, Andrew. We can even do it with halides. I do a lot of work with Disney and, and penguins and sea turtles that need UV. It's critical for their health, molting, uh, shell health and things like this. But when our target is UV, I, it, it, it costs me intensity. Meaning the PAR is going to be lower, but they don't care about PAR. They care about the UV Correct. because these are specialized lamps designed Correct. for Correct. this purpose and application. Correct. So there is, there's definite merit there. There's definite merit there. And with the, you know, it starts right here at Polo Reef and the work we're going to do with Chris Meckley and some of them other guys. But it, 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 it it's going to be a tough road because here's, here's what some folks are thinking. Oh man, this guy's trying to sell some more. No, because no, we have the medical data. Well, that's that, the thing. So that it's one like piece it's that, that out. the one piece that Andrew, I have the poster. We can, I can publish it. Okay, this was done in a lab, and this poster was presented by the International Ultraviolet Association, who, by the way, are the same people that worked on COVID. These were professors from Harvard. These were people from the Homeland Security Department of Homeland Security. So this isn't this isn't some thread on on you know some board in on Facebook. 
this is this is scientific data. We can kill we can kill organisms with solar radiation safely. Now to apply that to corals, that's never been done before, and that's why we're in uncharted territory. Well, right you know, now. I'm confident, Tulia, with the contributions you've made to the hobby in terms of the data that you've collected over the years and and the uh, the things that you've found out through research and hard work. I think um, you know you're the uh, you're the right man for this job for sure. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah. Keith, did you ever think that LPs were going to ever outsell CDs? <laughs> like, you know, the bell bottoms come back, you know, halides could come back. All this, what comes around goes around, you know what I mean? And Keith, think about this. Keith, if I remember correctly, you, you've reviewed my LED lights for years. I mean, the UV lights that we did years ago and some of this other stuff. And considering I mentioned this to Andrew, I, I just asked that anybody watching this consider that Given how long I've been working with LEDs, the mere fact that I'm still talking about halides right. must mean that there's something there, Is I guess Hello, is the puppy. fairest Come way. Oh, here you go. Here hey, buddy. <laughs> well, and and some, of the, some of the things we can do, Keith, right, is like after we have this, these, these discussions with, with Tulio and after we get through these next couple of days, no, no one said that, you know, we can't maybe find something where – we get a scientist on this and really try to prove this out along with all the, the, the data that Tulio uh, and, and the work that he's done to maybe help the hobby. And this isn't against LEDs because we also have reef brights. Just because you have metal halides, like I'm going to have metal halides in my main display. Listen, mean I'm not a lot of coral LEDs. growers reached out to us. Right. And when I put that post on, yeah, and showed it, and they made highlights. Flashed their radiums yeah. up there and said, "We run them two hours a day." But they still use radion. They still use LEDs. They use so they use supplemental lights, and they'll 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 hit that broad spectrum peak for just a few hours a day. So the, it's being done right now in growers, successful growers, and and, and in tanks that are you wouldn't think needed needed the par either. Guys, go go to go to Instagram. I'm gonna, I'm gonna I'm gonna do a shameful plug for my friend Joe. Go to Instagram and go to Tusi T U S I. Check out his tank. He's a metal like guy. He also has supplemental T5s and yeah, Kelly T5, old school. The guy is growing amazing corals, and the the tank just looks amazing. Um, nothing against the the tanks that are super blue at all times and highlight these like super, you know, colorful, tenuous corals. But it's there's something about the yeah. white and blue all come together. You know, the other thing is uh, it's pretty clear that a 300 par under LEDs is not equivalent to a 300 par under halides. Right. The light source, the, 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 the sharp, right? What's well, the different right, so, so like the whole distribution thing is such that it's not even comparable. Yeah. You need lower par with LEDs because of how strong those, right? Basically, yeah. because of the and, – and Keith, you and I, we've talked about this in the past. Many LED systems, because of the focused nature of the LED, right. okay, the light is so focused that you basically – the corals are being oversaturated. Yep. And that's why the zoanthili is just like like leaving. Lighting, or lighting <laughs> up like a Christmas tree. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Leaving. And the point is, so if you're trying to get a par of 300 down on the bottom of your tank with an LED fixture, yeah. you're burning everything in between – 
Um, and as you know, Keith, a lot of the lighting systems that I've designed in the past, that's why I've always steered away from any type of focusing optic or anything. I'm always diffusing and spreading the light to deliver and distribute that energy differently to avoid those issues like Andrew was talking about. Yeah, that's clearly a trend even inside Ecotech, right? Like the G6, it's all about their spreads better. There's, well, it and took them less... 10 years to catch yeah. on because yeah. we were doing that 10 yeah. years ago. Yeah. That's, right. that's clearly love our Ecotech guys. Jay and, and Kay were just here. We, yeah, hey Jay, how you yeah, guys doing? So we, we, we love them all. We're just trying to get the conversation yeah. going so that yeah. you know if there's information that we could provide the obvious, that would be helpful to them, why not? Hey, they're yeah. sponsored this live stream, so you know. They are sponsored live stream. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm friends with Jay and them guys. And that's the thing. Listen, full disclosure, Andrew, if I tried to sell you a single thing since I'm here. Nope. Rashid, when you told me to come here and you contracted me yeah. and you told Let's me test, how you guys could. I want to know. I want to I want to understand. I told them that the only reason why I would come. It's because of the scientific and for the testing. I don't care about the promotion because, Keith, you know me. That's not That's how not I your operate. That's um, Bill Saltwater Haven. Hey, Tulio, I supplement your reef brights on my Radions. Do you or will you have a UVB add-on like the reef brights? If so, I'm willing to test it on my 600-gallon <laughs> yeah, reef. What? Out of the bag. What's that? They want to know your UV product. like the It already exists. You can buy it tomorrow. Yeah. It already exists. What's it called? It's it's the UVBXHO, UVBA, UVA, XHO. We're in production with them right now. By Reefbrite. Yeah, right. There you go, Bill. We lost your video. Oh, you're back again. Um. All right, guys. I mean, this has been a pretty pretty awesome, interesting discussion. Did we did we miss anything about the the lighting aspect of what we've been talking about here? More to come. More sounds, come. sounds like I mean, a lot of you know, a lot of things coming down the pike. The, the one the one thing that that everything moves very slow, like the Titanic. My my, my tank turns like the Titanic. <laughs> That's not a surprise given the size there, Andrew. Yeah, I know. That's the problem. You can't you can't even you can't even like uh, the old my other smaller tanks. You put new GFO in, but you know the phosphate will drop very quickly sometimes, and you strip the water or whatever. It does not happen in this big system. Well, bigger is better for that reason, right? Bigger is better. Always. Always go big <laughs> if you can. Well, uh, all right, guys. This was uh, this was a lot of fun and, and a real pleasure uh, for me. Any any uh, final words from you three? I, I would just say um, Polar Reef is w- will be delivering scientific information, proof, et cetera, et cetera, to help the hobby. We will be helping schools and helping students for Spark to grow the hobby. We'll be giving donations uh, for reef conservation, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, hopefully we we grow along the way and, and, and who knows at the end what happens. This thing has been an incredible journey. We love bringing everybody along the ride. We never thought this would be this anyway at this point. So uh, the next time we speak, Keith, which is every seems to be every 12, 18 months. What, what was the last time? What You're was the on last 13 uh, months ago, I think it was. 13 yeah. months. I, I would imagine maybe there's a, it's a different direction or there's something new. You know, like wherever this path takes us, it takes us right now. That's uh, That's a good attitude, man. You just roll with it. 
Just rolling with it. Well, quick plug, Keith. We're giving away two Radeon lights, two Gen 6 Radeon lights. It's on our website and all over social media. Uh, we're going to announce the winner, I think, uh, like March 10th or 11th. Um, so just be on the lookout for that if anyone um, wants to switch from Metal Halides to, to Radeons. And the grand prize is um, uh, we'll fly you and your significant other to have a dinner and weekend in front of the tank with me and Mrs. Polo nice. Reef, yep. chef cooked. Um, we'll put you up, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, we're looking forward to, to, to that, to that also. That's uh that's, that's an awesome, um, thing for people to, uh, to shoot for. Uh, so listen, folks, je definitely check them out at, uh, polarreef.com. Check them out on Instagram, on Facebook, on, uh, YouTube. They've, uh, as I talked about at the beginning of the show, they've really, uh, stepped up their game. Um, if you want to get more information about the Reef Bright stuff, you visit uh, Tilio's uh, website, reefbright.com. Uh, but anyway, listen, guys, thank you so much for uh, for being a part of this, and it was a uh, real treat, Tulio, to uh, to see you tonight. We'll be uh, good seeing you, Keith. Wait, I got Billy Joel here. <laughs> you know, I uh, I once shot for the uh, for the moon for a guest for this show, and um, I got no response from the guy, but uh, I don't know what I was expecting. I, you know, um, Tracy Morgan's got big into fish tanks and all that stuff. So I, uh, yeah, I reached yeah. out, I DM'd him on Instagram. He didn't respond. He didn't respond to my request for, for being on the show. What do you, what do you think? I, I don't know. I don't know what these, what's going on? What the hell? Oh, this is like a huge platform for him to, uh, you know. <laughs> His career will just skyrocket after this. <laughs> anyway, listen, guys, thank you uh, so much again for being on the, uh, the live stream. And, and I also want to thank both Bulk Resupply and Ecotech Marine for uh, sponsoring the show. I also want to. By the way, Keith, I love that coral you posted the other day. What was that thing? Which I one? Um, was it the um, the ACI Pink Spatulata? The, um, was it the uh, nope. cherry pie, ACI Cherry Pie Millie? No. Nope. Uh, which coral are we talking about here? I got to. I don't know. It may have been like a, a like an, almost like an flow or something. It looked like a it looked like a it looked like a a, a shelving piece. I have a lot of tabling acros in my um, in my peninsula tank, and I'm just kind of looking yeah. at my uh, my. Oh, you're talking about the uh, worldwide corals cookie monster? That's it. Yeah. 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 Yes. Yeah. It's a sarmentosa, I believe. Yeah. Yeah, that's a kick-ass coral. But uh, yeah. yeah. So um, anyway, um, yeah, thanks thanks to the sponsors. I want to thank um, Paul from um, Boston Reefer Society for being the moderator. He is the uh, the president of Boston Reefer Society. Please join and support your local reefing oh, clubs. They are so very important right. to this hobby. What's up, Paul? Um, I also want to let you know that all episodes of Wrap on the Reef Bum are available as podcasts on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Amazon. My next Wrapping with a Reef Bum live stream will be on Thursday, January 26th at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I'm going to have Dong Zove again on from Acro Garden. Dong is a scientist. He uh, grows SPS like you wouldn't believe, so it's going to be a lot of fun to have Dong um, back on. I've got Jason Fox coming up the week after that. Evan Montgomery Exciting. from Reef Builders will be on soon, as well as Than from Tidal Gardens. Uh, Tulio, you're going to be on in April, I think, at some point in time, so... If you want to check yep. out the full schedule of guests, go to reefbum.com under the YouTube section. Until then, be safe and be well, and we will see you next time.